Hello there. I'm Smriti and tonight I'll be telling you a very special sleep story. It's the story of my grandma who lives in an old bungalow in the middle of a picturesque tea estate near Darjeeling. The bungalow is usually surrounded by mist and a babbling stream flows beside it. Sometimes you can hear the melodious sound of a shepherd playing the flute somewhere in the hills. Grandma stays in this cozy cottage surrounded by her loved ones and the beautiful memories of the years gone by. Grandma has always been my favorite person. She has the most beautiful eyes that twinkle like stars when she laughs. Her straight long lustrous hair still falls below her knees and looks like soft white wool now and her voice it's like honey sweet and pure when i was a child i used to sit on her lap every evening listening to her fascinating stories looking out of the freshly fallen snow or the puddles of rain with the faint sound of bells chiming in a nearby monastery i'd spent hours with her enjoying her stories of magical lands and dreamy characters sometimes we would just sit quietly and watch the magic unfold outside her window the silently falling snow the changing colors of the skies the distant sounds of thunder so tonight i will tell you a story that my grandma told me when i was a little girl it's the story of my grandma's seven lives but before we begin as you settle into bed with your head gently resting on your soft pillow close your eyes and take a few deep cleansing and calming breaths every time you breathe out feel your day's stress worries and troubles leave your body feel your body and mind slowly drift with a flock of clouds to the lap of the himalayas among lush tea greens and enchanting forests Lose yourself in the mist that rolls down the mountains and covers the land. And there, half hidden in the mist, at the top of a hill carpeted with tea bushes, is my grandparents' alluring colonial house called Glenmore Cottage. The first thing you see when you enter the gates is a beautiful garden. The fragrance of magnolias, marigolds, and orchids fill the air. There's a magnificent maple tree right in the middle of the garden, and its leaves are covered in fresh snow. It's the kind of weather where you can sit in front of a warm fireplace and sip on a delicious hot chocolate. The bungalow is two-storied and made of stone. not fancy 
not luxurious, but comfortable and elegant. Inside the house, the floors and stairs were made of old teak wood, and there's a warmth you'd feel the moment you walked in. Everyone who visited felt at home instantly. Perhaps it was because the house always smelled like a freshly baked cake, cinnamon, vanilla, and a hint of chocolate. Grandma never told us the secret behind it. Every summer and winter vacation, my parents would take me to this beautiful paradise in the hills and my favorite place in the whole world. There, I would run in the gardens, chasing butterflies, lose myself in a passing cloud, or just spend my time with grandma, listening to her wonderful stories. One day, when I was perhaps eight years old, I found an old diary in my grandparents' attic while playing hide-and-seek with my cousin. It was a beautiful leather-bound diary with my grandma's name written on the first page in her own gorgeous handwriting. I took the diary down and found grandma sipping her afternoon tea at her usual place by the window. The window overlooked the lush green tea garden below and far away playing peekaboo with the clouds you could see the snow-capped mountains of the Himalayas. Grandma was sitting on her favorite armchair that Grandpa built. The slanting rays of the afternoon sun warmed the room and bathed it in a beautiful golden light. Grandma loved to have her afternoon tea at this time, with just the sounds of the birds and the wind rustling through the trees. It was all peaceful and silent, until Grandma heard her tiny footsteps and a little creak of the timber floor. She turned around to look at me, and when she saw the old leather diary in my hands, she smiled her gentle, mischievous smile and her eyes twinkled. She asked me where I found the diary and took it gently from my hands. I told her the truth. Half expecting her to be cross with me for rummaging about in the attic. But grandma was smiling and gently caressing the diary like she was holding hands with an old friend. I asked her what was in the diary and she smiled wistfully. She sighed a sigh of contentment and smiled at me. She said it was the story of her seven lives. I asked her if she was born seven times before she became my grandma. She laughed at my innocence and pulled me up to her lap. Then she opened her old diary and told me the wonderful story of her seven lives before she became my granny. Grandma said her first life began in 1942 when she was born in a small village called Delo, high up in the mountains. It was so remote 
that there weren't even proper roads to her village then. We walked or cycled to wherever we had to go, she told me. She was the youngest of six children and pampered by everyone at home. She spent her days frolicking around in the hills, playing hide and seek with her friends and helping her father and older brothers in the small vegetable patch behind their house. She studied in a tiny village school with the rest of her siblings. She was a good student, loved by all her teachers. But her favorite subject was painting. She spent hours drawing and painting, trying to capture the peaceful natural beauty around her on her drawing papers. She loved to paint the hills, the trees and the animals. But what she loved most was to make colorful paintings of the butterflies during spring, when the meadows around Delo were covered with wildflowers as far as the eyes could see. Every day she set out on a tiny adventure to find the most colorful butterflies and then paint them. In summers, she would sit in a nearby brook, dipping her tiny feet in cool, clear waters, and she'd paint the serene landscape. She would look at the clouds, the mountains, and the flowers, and wonder who painted them. In winter, when the snow fell, she and her friends would make tiny snow angels on the freshly fallen snow. The snow would cover everything like frosting on a cake. And she had fun cutting these snow cakes with her friends. In the evenings, she watched the smoke from the wood fire chimneys rise from the little huts and mingle with the clouds. It was a beautiful idyllic time and grandma cherished every little memory of that time. When she was a little older, her father, seeing her interest in painting, decided to send her to a bigger school where she could hone her talent. This is where her second life began, as a young student in a convent boarding school in Kursyong, a small but exceedingly pretty town near Darjeeling. Her new school was a grey-bricked building with a red gable roof and colonial architecture. What she loved most though, was the dense forest and hills that surrounded the building. She found spots around the hostel where she sat and painted after school. One of her teachers, Sister Barnes, a kindly old British nun, took her under her wings and made sure she never missed home. On Sundays, Mrs. Barnes arranged for excursions and picnics to nearby places. Sometimes they would go to a white orchid field, sometimes to a tea garden or a spot on River Tista. Other times, they would go to a small beautiful meadow high up in the hills and spread their picnic blankets on the green grass. They would carry picnic baskets full of goodies and play games and read books lying down in the grass. Grandma would always carry her drawing book and colors to these places. 
When they were done with their games and eaten the delicious food, she would take her drawing book and paint. Of all the things she painted, it was the Kanchenjunga, the divine mountain that grandma remembered the most. She painted its beautiful snow-clad peak in various hues and shades, capturing the mountain in the different seasons and in different times of the day. She vividly remembered painting a picture of the Kanchenjunga on a cloudless full moon night. The mountain was blue, ethereal, and a picture of divinity. As she recalled that painting that day, I could see it just as clearly in her soft brown eyes. After completing her schooling, she joined a nursing school in Darjeeling. She discovered that she loved looking after people. Her pleasant nature and the genuine desire to heal helped her excel in the nursing school. But she continued to paint whenever she could. Her favorite place to paint was a small cafe down the hills on Hillcart Road. Through the window, she could see the entire town and the snowy mountain peaks. She loved painting the tea pluckers she saw every day while sitting at the cafe. And it was in this very same cafe that she met the love of her life and her future husband, Grandpa. A flush of soft pink color appeared on Grandma's cheeks as she spoke about this new third life of hers. It was love at first sight. Grandpa was a tall, handsome, sturdy young man with wavy hair and kind eyes. Their eyes met across the room and the world stopped for a minute. She smiled at him shyly and he smiled back gingerly. And like this, they continued to smile at each other for weeks until a common friend introduced them. He was a student at a nearby college who liked his books as much as grandma liked to paint. Every evening, they'd meet at a garden near her college. She'd sit there to paint while he'd read her poetry from his books. They walked around the city, told each other about their dreams and made future plans. They shared their family stories and talked for hours he bought her flowers and she painted for him. When they went home during the vacations, they wrote each other long letters, dedicated songs to each other on the radio and made memories for a lifetime. Their lives were like black and white movies, innocent and beautiful. After they graduated, they got married with the blessings of their families. He got a job as an assistant to an estate manager in a tea garden just outside town. And just like that, Grandma stepped into her fourth life. As the wife of the assistant estate manager, she spent her days wandering and tending to the beautiful estate. She also looked after the tea pickers 
who walked there and played with their little apple-cheeked children. In the night, she sat with her husband and spoke to him about his day. She cooked his favorite dishes on some weekends and on others, they went to catch a movie and dinner in Darjeeling. On the way back, they walked through the mist, holding hands and giggling. In dreamy winter days, they sat by the fireplace in their cottage and had a long conversation about life, painting and poetry. She loved looking after him. He loved surprising her with tiny things. Their old school romance continued forever. After a few years, just as effortlessly, she stepped into her fifth life, that of motherhood. And indeed, she was blessed twice over because she had twins, an adorable angel girl and a cherubic little boy who I'd someday call dad. Once the babies were born, they became the center of her universe. She couldn't believe how cute their pink toes and almond eyes were. She watched them take their first steps in the house, delighted in their squeals of joy splashing about under a small waterfall, taught them about the trees and the birds, and watched them slowly grow. Once they started school, she invested her time in helping them study. She taught them how to paint, garden, and play the piano. And every night, she tucked the twins into their cozy wooden beds with a story and a kiss. When Grandpa was promoted to be the estate manager, they moved into their present house, Glenmore Cottage. It was her dream house. She always wanted a house with a fireplace. On snowy nights, the whole family sat together in front of the fire and sang songs. On rainy days, they sat together and played board games in the patio. On misty mornings, they came out huddled in their woolens and waited for their school bus on the road outside. The fog would sometimes be so thick that the bus would miss them and the twins would happily trot back home. Grandma soon had to learn how to drive Grandpa's trusty old Land Rover to be able to take the children to school. Grandpa had a beautiful den in this new house with a huge collection of books and records. After dinner, they would all sit in Grandpa's den and listen to the scratchy old records or hear his poetry. It was a blessed time. But slowly and surely, the kids were growing and soon they had to go to college. Dad chose to go to college in Calcutta while my aunt went to the same nursing college in Darjeeling, which grandma had gone to. And as luck would have it, she too found her prince charming while studying there. A young doctor in the hospital where she was interning. 
Grandma now had a lot of time on her hands. Once Grandpa left for work, she straightened up the house, tended to the garden, cooked dinner, and then sat by her window with her favorite cup of tea, admiring the views outside. Until one day, she remembered her old easel and the brushes that she had kept locked away in the attic. The years with the twins gave her very little opportunity to paint and she had forgotten all about her passion for colors. She got the easel and the brushes down and bought new colors from the stationery shop in town. Soon, she was back to capturing the beauty of the hills on her canvas. She painted the sunrises, sunsets, and the serenity of early mornings, just like old times. But the paintings she painted were different now. Something had changed inside her. She could now see beyond the beauty that only appealed to the eye. Her paintings talked to the soul. The mountains she painted, the forest scenes, the portraits of local people, all spoke to the observer in an unknown language. You could only feel it, deep in your heart, like an emotion. But she didn't want to paint for anybody or to sell her paintings in any exhibition. She only painted for herself. She painted because apart from her children and her husband, this was what made her the happiest. This was grandma's sixth life. It was the life where she chose to pursue her childhood passion. The life where she could express herself in the medium she loved most. A life where she could commune with nature in a language that she understood best. Every day she would walk gently up the small paths in the woods with her easel and brushes in hand. When a view of the mountains, a beautiful old tree, or a smiling innocent face inspired her to paint. At that moment, she forgot about everything else. It was just her and nature in deep conversation, like old friends sitting in a park. She was mesmerized by the ever-changing colors of nature. The snow-capped mountains went from a pink blush at dawn to a dazzling golden in the mornings, a deep crimson in the evenings to a mystical whiteness in the nights. The trees too would change colors with every season. A bright green in summers, golden brown in fall, frost-covered white in the winters and a million different colors in spring when the flowers bloomed. Like the little girl growing up in Delo, she still wondered who painted these beautiful scenes. As a painter now, she could only marvel at the choice of colors, the deft strokes and the sheer beauty of these creations. It was at these moments that her paintings became something more than just art. They became something deeper, something more spiritual, 
they became a part of nature. It was on one such day when she was painting a little boy holding a little sheep that she got the news of the advent of her seventh life because I was born far away in Calcutta. And just like that, she became my grandma and we made a connection that would last forever. When my parents brought me to her, grandma said she cried in happiness. For in me, she saw the same immaculate perfection of the Creator's hand, the same inexplicable beauty and the same divine innocence. She was grateful. She was grateful for the family she was born to and the one she had now. She was grateful for Grandpa and the wonderful memories he gave her. She was grateful for all the sweet and funny friends she had. She was grateful for her art. But most of all, I think she was just grateful for the beauty her whole life had been. And that is all I remember from my grandma's story. For I must have fallen asleep before the diary ended. And grandma would have covered me up in her shawl and held me tighter in her arms. She would have gently stroked my hair and sung a soft lullaby to give me good dreams. And she would have rocked her old wicker chair and looked out to the beautiful mountains. Slowly but surely, she would have fallen asleep with just a hint of smile on her serene face, dreaming perhaps of her seven wonderful lives.